Hey everyone, welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 36. I'm in a good mood this week. You don't have to deal with angry Delano anymore. I'm back. I'm feeling good. And thank you all for listening, everyone that's listening. I appreciate you. Uh, If you're listening, make sure you five-star rate and subscribe, review, um, and and do that on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, We're going to talk about what's in the news this week. A lot of interesting stuff. We also have our finance roundtable. I'm actually really excited about this cost of living living subject. We'll talk about that, bingeables, what you can watch this week. Uh, thank you to one of our listeners who actually got me a bubble wrap for the microphone so you don't have to hear my popping sounds anymore. So that should be great. We always try to improve here at the Your Money, Your Life podcast with New Street Advisors. I'm always trying to look for ways to improve for listeners, clients. That's what I do this for. So again, thank you for listening this week. We are excited. Let's get into the episode. Hey, news updates from your correspondent, Delano Soporo of New Street Advisors Group. So what happened this week? Let's start with the market update. So last few days, the U.S. stock market has actually rebounded, right? So we had the big pullback, but we're seeing a rebound. And even today, we opened up higher, today being Thursday, uh, 10-1. We're already in October. Things are real spooky. We are in October. Get it? Halloween spooky? Okay. I'll try that one. Um, We are in October, but the market itself is turning away from the spookier sentiment, and it's rebounded a little bit. It's basically based off of revived hopes for a new fiscal stimulus package. Uh, the you know investors are you know been leaning on that. That's one of the catalysts I mentioned I think last week where investors were looking for to try to push the market higher. Um, and that's what you know people are riding on right now. Uh, we're seeing we did see an uptick in, you know in the virus in different areas we're seeing an uptick as we get closer to colder weather. I don't know how much that has an effect on it, but uh, right now, people are looking for that second stimulus package, the HEROES Act, and Steve Munchin and Nancy Pelosi, they're having productive conversations. They're getting to a point where they're starting to put things together and meet in the middle on this much-needed aid for millions of Americans. And so that is going out to to be done soon. There's about $600 billion. There's $600 billion apart on when it's so obviously – you know, Democratic side, they want to add that $600 billion. They want to have more aid out there. Republican side said they, they were trying to, you know, figure out ways that they don't want to have that extra. There's a, there's a gap. There's $600 billion gap on funds and how much should be allocated to people in need right now. So that's the, the big sticking point. But we'll keep watching for that. But the markets in turn, tech, uh, different industrials, the Dow, broader market has has rebounded a bit. So that's the market update. But let's turn to IPO. So I'm not familiar, sure how familiar you are with IPOs, but initial public offerings are when a company goes public, it's no longer private, goes public. And one that was really interesting, a lot of people are talking about it. My clients have been, you know, asking about it a little bit. Um, I have a client that actually works for one of these companies, but Palantir went public on the New York Stock Exchange. And what is Palantir? It's a software company that works with government agencies or defense contractors, uh, depending on how you look at it. Um, and they help them with, you know, consulting and doing big data surveillance uh, for these for these agencies. Um, they do it for a lot of government agencies, mostly U.S., and then they, they actually have said that they want to stick with U.S. interests. Uh, that was recently came out, actually. Um, and so what the company does, 
they're pretty heavily contracted, concentrated with a few big clients that pay them a lot of dollars to do what they do. Um, until the company went public, it was valued at around $22 billion in a direct listing. So they did a direct listing. They didn't really use bankers um, in a in this weird, uh, normal sense of what companies do when they go public, they did a direct listing, which is becoming more popular now. And I, I want to dig into more on why as far as, you know, I think one of the big reasons, maybe you can alleviate different fees and different things from, you know, that. But I would love to understand why companies are now looking at that direct listing route uh, as opposed to going the traditional route. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting company. It's um, really, it's found a great sweet spot with government contracts um and they do a great job with that so that's something that to be watching for it's going to be interesting i think it's company just to watch um i think i i'm trying to remember i think they're doing one billion in revenues i could be off on that uh but they're they're not profitable the company's 17 years old which is quite interesting not profitable yet i don't know if it's an overhead thing i haven't dug into the numbers yet but that is quite interesting. The company's been around 17 years, not profitable, but doing what about a billion in revenue. So there's got to be something there that's eating up the profit. Uh, so that's something to watch out for. In other news, a not so magical time, Disney is laying off 28,000 employees at themes parks uh, that remain closed or barely open. So the opposite of magical. Disney is laying off these 28,000 employees across parks, experiences division. That's around around 76% of them are part-time workers in Disney parks. Um, so that's just not good. But the majority of this is in California where the parks are still shut. Uh, and that's a massive hit to their entire biz. Disney's business, parks, and experience accounted for 40% of Disney sales in 2019. That's why the stock has been such a laggard. If you remember in 2019, it was a darling stock that had all this optimism on, you know, the parks, on ESPN, on the Disney Plus. And then obviously the pandemic hit and that's 40% of Disney sales in 2019 came from parks. And that plunged last quarter about 85%. So Disney's lost about $3 billion. That's crazy. That's, that's, and so of course they would have to make go more lean. We're not making any money. It's obviously not fun for the people that lost jobs, and that's not everything anything we do ever want. Uh, but from a business standpoint, it, it was coming. It was down the pipeline, and it's it was understood. So that's something to watch out for. Um, but you know, on the other side, you know, they still have Disney Plus, um, which is you know it had a three hundred million dollar budget apparently for Mulan for Disney Plus, and they, I think they're pushing they're pushing back some of their movie releases. They have a 2020 Marvel blockbuster, Black Widow, which was pushed back to May 2021, but they're still doing the Disney Plus. The numbers of Disney Plus are, are great, but I think it's more of a lost leader for them. They're not charging that much for Disney Plus right now. I think it's, I don't even have it. I don't think it was like $4.99, $5.99. And it's obviously costs a lot to run and operate that and to do new content. Production of new content costs a lot of money. Um, and they obviously, you know, hit with a little bit of cash. Um, hurting with the parks closing so the disney plus is not it's a great way to get people tied into their ecosystem but i'm not exactly sure at this point if it's actually a profitable division uh, for them it might be just a loss leader but that's something to watch out for with disney um and so we're just going to keep watching that that's quite a interesting stuff they have you know a lot of subscribers you know people don't even know disney also has hulu so they own a good portion of hulu as well and i found some couple new good shows on hulu so i'll talk about that later with you guys in the bingeable section but um sports are back for disney so that might be a good good thing as well let's jump into nicola and gm so i think i talked about it a week or two ago nicola motors 
uh, they got the big investment from GM. And now GM is saying they might pull back on this deal. The deal might be in jeopardy. Uh, there were some things that came up about Nikola Motors, not only in the, the short report by Hendenburg Research uh, about the fraud allegations. There was also the CEO recently stepped down, which was out of the blue, Trevor Milton. We were wondering why he did. And then it recently came out, CNBC broke a story about several allegations that were levied against Trevor Milton, the Niccolo founder and former CEO. Uh, these were allegations of, of assault uh, by young women. Um, and so he was, uh, he left and he left obviously, and this report comes out a couple of weeks later, they probably knew it was coming down the pipeline. And so he left uh, rapidly, but yeah, the reports are out there. It was on CNBC, so you can go read. But yeah, there was allegations uh, of, of that were levied against by levied against Trevor Milton by two women, and um, his lawyer has denied the claims. Uh, so that is something that's out there. So you know, the company's in, in despair right now. The stock price is tanked. Um, left investors that were holding it. I don't hold it, and none of my clients hold it. Uh, were left holding the bag on that one. Interesting enough, his still he still has like around two. He has billions worth of stock still, so he can be selling that, getting liquidity. But uh, it seems like this man has uh, defrauded some people, and um, yeah, that's not that's never a good thing. But GM on their own, they were investing. They were almost got GM, one of the bigger automakers, almost got their own self tricked into this. They were about to close a deal of a two point two billion dollar investment, taking eleven percent stake into this company. Now they're saying, hey, we don't know if we want to do this anymore. The deal was supposed to close yesterday, and they've asked for more time. My inclination says they're going to pull out of this deal. There's just too much cl- um, bad gray cloud surrounding this company right now. I, I highly doubt they do it, but they're they're desperate. They're trying to find a way to combat what Tesla is doing. All these legacy automakers need to have a, an answer and they're not able to really combat with what Tesla is doing. So they needed, they need, they're looking for answers and they went for this area and it doesn't look to be that fruitful right now. Uh, but we'll be watching for this and making sure that we're, I'm staying close to this and, and relay the news to you all listening for that. Next up, there is news that the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans game will be postponed. Uh, it was supposed to be postponed to like Monday or Tuesday. That changed today when the NFL has moved the game to later this season. What happened was the Titans had eight positive COVID-19 tests that were reported on Monday, three from, three from players and five on the staff. Another positive player, another player tested positive yesterday. The league said there were two more positive tests on Thursday, one more from a player and one from a personnel member. So the league, yeah, I mean, this is, we were expecting, we were wondering when this would happen. You got a couple, few positive tests. What does that mean now? So we push back this game. Uh, so what does that mean for the league? I mean, are there going to be more? Uh, we don't know, but what, how are they going to handle the scheduling? Football is interesting in the sense that you couldn't get, and I was talking about this on Cheddar uh, a month ago, you, you couldn't get the big one bubble like the NBA did, right? Like there's too many players, there's too many logistics. You'd have to do like regional bubbles, which was I thought would be a good way to do it. Because, you know, you have so many players, you have people, so many logistics. It's just too much going on when it comes to football and the team and leagues that have a lot more players and games and, and different things of that nature. Um, so this is going to be something to watch out for. Now we have a shutdown. What does this mean for all those people that have, you know, those stocks that, you know, are, are primarily betting stocks and, and different things? That's something to watch out for. Um because you have a place where, you know, this it does a spread now. Are we going to have more games canceled? Uh, if you have more, then it's like, okay, can we have a viable 
season if we have to push back all these different games what do we do we have to change course and do regional bubbles we'll have to see but that's something that's going to be very heavily watched for by myself um going forward i love football vikings started 0 three so i'm having been watching them shout out to my vikings man we got to pick it up defensively in the secondary um shout out to those guys i know they're doing their best i'm st- i'm stiff right now so if you guys need me i have to warm up a little bit but just let me get back at it I can backpedal still. I can get after it, you know. I won't come up and make that many tackles, but I'll, I'll try to pick that ball off. <laughs> I'm always ready. So, all right, that is our news this week. I appreciate you all for listening to the news. Finance Roundtable coming up next, cost of living. Hey, everyone, gather round to the Finance Roundtable. We are back talking financial literacy. Yeah, this is the, I'm glad to do this one. I'm excited about this one. I appreciate all you that listen to the round table. There's no more anger. There was never anger. I, I feel like I, I, I didn't listen back to my last ones, but I wanted to make sure people know everything I do. One is out of trying to spread this literacy. I don't, I just love doing the podcast, um, helping clients. And I love what New Street's been doing. Um, and so that's all this is for. This is for, and I want to have that tone when I speak to people about this is for helping. And I'm, I'm very, very confident and strong in my beliefs and what I do, and I'll always be that way. But it's for everyone out there listening. I appreciate you. So this roundtable, I want to talk about cost of living. I don't know why it came into my mind, uh, but I was just thinking about it, like cost of living, what people's, what we spend annually, how you can live off a certain amount, what that is. And it's a big input into retirement factor. And we always forget about that sometimes. Like you think about, yeah, I have to save, I have to invest, but we forget about like what your cost of living is. Cause once you retire, essentially you're not supposed to have a income from your time, right? You can have passive income, but you're really not like out there working a job and getting more income from that. You're just like passive income based off your investments and streams. So what is your cost of living? And that's so important because it'll tell you how long your money's going to last for you. Right. So that's the biggest, biggest thing. So cost of living is important because of now. Right. Because right now, if you're younger, whatever age you are, if you're not retired, cost of living is super important because you have to think about the fact that you need to save for the future. So right now, if your cost of living, let's like break down whatever numbers, like if you're 60,000, if you spend 60,000 a year. So that's like including rent or whatever. If you like have some sort of budgeting app like personal capital is what I use. You can see like all this breaking down, broken down for you on an annual basis, monthly basis. It's such a great tool because it helps you think about what am I spending annually? And that will help you figure out, okay, am I able to save as much as I should be right now? That is a huge question. Cause you know, we had to compound, we had to do that. And for me, the funny thing is, um, I was actually Googling myself, which is like, we all do it to so don't make fun of me. I was Googling myself like I randomly. Um, and it was, someone was actually looking up my net worth. That was quite interesting. The third thing was my net worth. I don't know why people are, has someone been looking for that? You guys are interested? But I, that, that brings me to the next point is no one will be able to tell the difference in me of you know my net worth. No one will be able to tell if I'm a billionaire, millionaire, no one. Like that's my plan because I'm not going to really change my cost of living that much because I don't it's all based on your own goals, right? For me, I'm very low maintenance. I can do things um, and I don't need much cush or luxury in most situations. There's some things I like that I obviously will do because I like them. 
Um, uh, but you know, in my general sense, I'm pretty low maintenance, you know, how like Warren Buffett, they always talk about him. Like he drives the same car he had from like the eighties or some shit. Um, same with like, you know, all the people and like, like you see like Mark Cuban, he's always like in t-shirts or something. It's probably not named brand. He probably got it from Walmart. Um, so for me, I know like myself and I've never been one to like, I, I'm so super comfortable in whatever situation. There are some things I like that I'll do cause I, I love them. Uh, but in general, you have to understand what your cost of living is. Like, what can you do? Maybe you're someone that needs to have like a really big space. That's why I love New York because you don't have to, like I'm comfortable in a smaller space. So maybe you're someone that needs a bigger space. You have kids, pets, whatever. That's going to increase the cost of living for you. Um, but don't do it based on like what everyone else is doing. Do it based on yourself. And it shouldn't be what other people are doing. So that's one thing, cost of living. So you should know that. Like, what do you spend a year? 60,000, 70, 80. What is that number for you? 50? Who knows? I actually know someone, not even my client, but someone that like, I think she retired when she was like 51. Not on that much money. I think it was like 400,000, 500,000. And she lives off of like maybe 36,000 a year. Very small amount. Like two, like three, three K a month or four K a month. I don't even remember what it was. Um, but she's comfortable. She's been retired for a long time. Um, but you have to understand what it is for you and not based on what other people are doing. And then, like you, like I said, now the retirement, you have to know what you'll spend there. You have to factor in inflation. Maybe there'll be medical expenses. Like there will be different things that will change when 20, 30, 40 years from now, depending on how old you're listening to this, when you retire. But you have to factor that into this cost of living later on. That's why saving now is important. So you could have that extra buffer. But then when now when you're retired, you can be like, all right, I can pull this much per year. So what are those things in retirement? Medical expenses. If your family, you're increased in cost of living just based on like upgrading, like a lot of people upgrade. So those are important metrics to think about. So the popular rule, so all the saving and stuff that I do with my clients and investing it's for a reason, right? People don't see it now, but um, later on, we are going to use that money and live off of. Like all that stuff, people are like, oh, you're saving, investing. Why? I could just spend it now. Like I see it so much. It's like really very few people that actually plan for retirement. Like very, like it's surprising how much people don't. They're just like, oh, I'll put a little enough for Okay. Like, no, there's a lot more that needs to be done. You should have an IRA. You should be putting that your extra cash above and beyond emergency fund and other things for down payments and stuff should be invested because that's just helpful for later on. People need to just do that. We all need to. Um, so now let's, let's go to the popular rule. So let's say you have a million dollars. You got to the golden nest egg mount of a million dollars and you're like, all right, screw this. I worked long enough. I'm ready to kick back, kick my feet up and retire. So the rule of thumb for most people is that you can withdraw 4% of your portfolio value each year in retirement without incurring a substantial risk of running out of money. So when you have the million, that's an easy calculation. I'm using round numbers for us all. Um, you have the million. So every year you're going to draw 4%, which is $40,000. That's what you're going to live on. You're like, all right, I'm taking 40,000 out. I'm living on that this year. I will pay rent. I'll do all this, um, hang out with the kids, see stuff. Kick. What do people do in retirement? Kick back, watch the CNN movies, um, that type of stuff. Maybe travel a little bit, um, but that's what you'll do. And it's actually interesting because if you're investing that money still, let's say you're risk averse investor or whatever, you're just putting in indexes or something. Most people in retirement have it heavily in bonds because they just take away their, their big conservative. So your money won't grow at a, that much of a faster clip, but it'll be very safe uh, investments. But even if you just put an index and you're getting a market return, which is in the last 
since inception has been about eight to 10%, including inflation, your money's going to grow. If you got 8%, your million would go to 1,000 or 1,080,000, right? And then your withdrawal is 40,000. So you're actually still, you know, net, net above um, off that million. But that's the historical research of like, all right, you do 4% withdrawal rule and live off of that. So it could be higher, it could be lower based on like the amount you want to use, but you just have to know that, all right, I want to use X money per year, live off of this, um, and and really just try to make sure that you're conservative in it. Uh, But also, you know, that's that's kind of like where you look at it. But there are also other things. Maybe you'll have a social security or pension that will also add to your income. There may be other things that keep keep bringing up that add to expenses, like medical expenses and stuff of that nature. So that's something to to, to factor in is like, okay, this is the amount. Um, and people can get to that earlier. Like you can do, if you do it based on five, 500,000, whatever, you're going to be at 20,000 to live for a year. You can do it earlier. It just depends on what your cost of living is. And that's something you have to understand for yourself. Go back and look at um, your, go back and look at your, budgeting tool software and see how much am I spending in the past two, three years? What is my run rate? Meaning, will I normally spend? Will I have to upgrade life, buy a new house? Will I have kids? Whatever, whatever. But I think at the end of the day, you also have to figure out where you want your money to go. Like, it makes no sense. You can't take it with you if you have a million. If you don't run out of money, you should. I mean, the plan isn't for me to go for a lot of people to plan or some people, the plan is like to be to be zeroed out at the end of their, their lifetime, meaning spend on everything they earn, spend everything they earn. So they're zero. So like you can't take the money with you. So why not, you know, be zero? If you have no kids, that might be more of a, a thing. I know people with kids and clients I work with that have kids, they want to leave some with their kids. You've seen a lot of like celebrities or, or wealthy people pledge their their finance, their money to different causes. For me, it would be like a mix of, you know, trying to, put the money to a good cause and whatnot, but you have to figure all that out because you want to know, all right, if I have more at the end of the time, you definitely don't want to have less, but if you have more at the end of this time, what does it go to? Where do you put those funds to? It's another thing to to consider, but hopefully this is helpful in understanding why people save for retirement because people really don't even know like what happens. Like a lot, of, I think a lot of my clients, people I don't work with don't even know what happens in retirement, how much you live off of, what you do with the portfolio, what all that stuff happens. Like this is something to clear up for people to understand a little bit of why the cost of living is important and why you should know that number. But yeah, if you have questions on this, reach out to me. I'd love to help people understand this, work through a plan with you if you need to. But it's something that's really, really important. And I think we all should know it. So thank you for listening. Next up, we're going to talk a little bit about personal life bingeables, what I have going on this week with TV stuff. So we'll talk very, very soon in the next segment. Hey, we're back. Personal life update, bingeables, what's going on this week? I hope you can hear the energy in my voice. I am live, wired, ready to go. Um, What to watch this week? I just watched my Lakers do what they had to do last night against the heat. They, they stopped them. They, they put in the work. They were moving, cutting, shooting, playing hard, solid defense. What a great win for LeBron, the greatest ever. Looking to capture that fourth ring, so we're rooting for him. All my Laker fans are with me. Football-wise, yeah, that's still going on. I, I have to find a new team. I don't know what's going on. The Vikings, what, what are we doing? We're not out there doing what we've done the last couple of years, but that's all right. Hopefully we can pick it up. We just don't want to go for it. We need to get a couple wins under our belt, feel more confident, make some changes, and we'll be all right. 
As far as shows, bingeables, I started watching stuff on Hulu. I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but Woke and Rami, super funny. Dry Humor, which is what I like. If you guys see that on Hulu, Woke and Rami, two, two pretty funny shows um, that I started watching. Uh, what is going on as far as me this week? I'm actually doing Cheddar again today, talking about the NFL, talking about uh, a deal that a merger that was uh, proposed from two companies and also doing CNBC again tomorrow. I think I'll be doing fast money tomorrow. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, I love, I love doing this stuff. So I hope you guys are tuning in again. It's just for us to learn, keep growing together commentary. I want us to stay connected in this ecosystem of new street, what we're doing. Again, I, I haven't said it in a while. I appreciate all the clients we're working with, you know, a good amount of people across the country. Um, it's been a wonderful ride. Like I keep talking, the first year is up at the end of this month. So I was going to do a big post uh, about what's been, but I, I think I'll save that. We still have so much more work to do. I'm still so open to working with people that, one, want to invest. You want to roll over 401ks, got to have a portfolio managed. Two, you want to do financial planning, understand different things for your family. I've had a lot of clients that now they're looking at saving for kids. It's, it's crazy. We already, people that I just started working with earlier this year, my, some of my first clients, they're saving for kids, family upgrades, doing different things. Uh, it's such a great time to to do this. Um, people doing different things as far as career switches and changes, promotions. So no, I've just, I have, hopefully I've been doing a good job of showing gratitude and getting to work with great people because I enjoy this uh, every single day. That's why I do it. Um, so we're going to keep rolling. Uh, we're going to keep rolling and you know, there's not, there's so much work to be done. I can't get complacent in, in, in life, uh, in anything we do. So I'm just going to keep rocking with people. And if you have anything that you need help with, let me know. But yeah, this is this episode. I'm going to find some more fun interviews. So if you have something you think would be good for me to talk to interview, let me know. Uh, cause we'll keep rocking out, but I love doing this every week and I appreciate all of you listening. Mm -hmm. Next week will be fun again, so tune in next week, but thank you all for listening to this week.